Kiridu Murungmudgee and welcome to Take It Black. My name is Ray Johnston and first up on this episode, we're chatting with designer and artist Marie Clark. Now, Marie is a pivotal figure in the reclamation of Southeast Aboriginal art and cultural practices. And she has a passion for reviving and sharing elements of culture that were lying dormant as a consequence of colonisation. Covering more than three decades of artistic output, her latest exhibition has photography, printmaking, sculpture, jewellery, video, glass, 3D printing and much, much more. Here's Marie. My name's Marie Clark and I'm connected to um, traditional lands down here in Melbourne, Bunurong, Muddy Muddy, Yorta Yorta, Wamba Wamba. Yeah, and living and working in Melbourne. Beautiful. I've been here for many years, yeah. So tell me about ancestral memories. What What is this exhibition all about? Well, it's a, my survey show, so it's basically, um, you know, 30-plus years of my my practice all being shown in one spot. Wow. And I went in on Thursday to do photo and film shoots with the the mob and I'd been there initially when they were setting up but then of course COVID hit and couldn't go back in. So then the next time I saw the show, it was all so beautifully lit and you know, everything was in its place and just looked spectacular. How I does it pretty much burst into tears? <laughs> I was gonna say, how does it feel to see it all set up like that? Oh, it was very emotional because when you walk in um, to the left of these photographs I'd taken in the early 90s, these black and white photographs of NADOC marches, family, different events, and then you look to the right and you see um, my ritual and ceremony series with the Kopi morning caps and one of the historical Kopi morning caps we'd borrowed from the Melbourne Museum and that whole row of my family, my nieces, nephews, brothers, sisters, all that. So it was quite emotional walking in there. Yeah, wow. And, you know, you don't just do photography. You do printmaking and sculpture and make jewellery. And yeah, there's lots yeah. of different art forms. How do you know what medium a particular artwork needs to express what you're after? Well... I think it depends on what the exhibition is and because I don't know what I'm going to make until I've been invited to be part of a show, but sometimes I already have sort of ideas around the next body of work that I want to make and that will go into an exhibition somewhere. Um, So at the moment I'm working on a new body of work for the Tanandi Festival in South Australia at the um, Art Gallery of South Australia. So that will involve, um, yeah, some beautiful dresses, beautiful flowers, and eight of my nieces and nephews. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. And I, I try as often as I can to involve my family in my practice some way, like they're my supermodels or whatever. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. 
because your art really, you know, it's it's just been documenting your life for the last few decades. So having your family be a part of it would be important, right? Oh, it is. That's fantastic. And, you know, just documenting absolutely everything that I do because, you know, when I was starting out and having to go into museum collections to research our material cultural items and you're either, you know, just reading a few lines or you see the real object but there's no images of the making of those objects and items. So everything that we do here in my backyard, which um, I'm working on another project with Melbourne University called The Living Archive of Aboriginal Art. So we document everything that's made in my backyard and that will be uploaded to this archive. So not only my my family, but community can have access to that too. So the making of a kangaroo tooth necklace or river weed necklace or possum skin cloak, you know, whatever it might be, is all documented in my backyard. That's amazing. That's so useful for everyone. And, and to be able to have access to something like that for you know future generations is so important too. Oh, absolutely. A little bit earlier this year, you know, when we were in lockdown again, um, my nephew and I, we were to go to Nooka up north. And of course, we can't travel there. They can't travel down here. So Mitch and I just made all these short little like two and three minute documentaries on, you know, grinding ochre, mixing it with wattle resin or um, what else did we do? Um, pulling the sinew out of the tail of a kangaroo and binding it around the teeth and all these different little processes that people need to know eventually. Um, Yeah, we've documented them and sent them up north for the kids to have a look at. And using a mobile phone because then that makes it accessible for them but they can also make their own small documentaries in their own community. Tell me a bit about the possum skin cloak, the, the 60 pelt possum <coughs> skin cloak um, that has been commissioned. And I, I'd love to hear more about the reclamation project that you're doing as well. Yeah, well, I guess it all started in 2006 um, when I worked with Lee, Derek, Vicky Cousins and Trina Ham. And we basically split the state into four and took back to community Um, traditional designs from their own areas, 30 possum pelts, needle thread, and all the bits you need to make a possum skin cloak. Um, Community selected a lead artist to sort of drive the project in their community, and it was up to them how they were going to mark their cloak with stories of country and, you know, whatever they wanted to tell on their cloak. And those cloaks were then used for the opening ceremony of the Commonwealth Games, um, where 35 of the 38 language groups were represented. And then from then, we have then, you know, gone further up the East Coast, um, Central New South Wales and into South Australia, teaching cloak making. Wow, that's amazing. That's so good to be able to keep that you know, that practice going. Yeah, well, it's also, you know, giving back to community these traditional practices that hadn't been practiced for a long, long time 
and them now using possum skin cloaks in ceremony, you know, whether it's na- baby naming days or um, <clears throat> we've started making possum skin cloaks for people and then when they've passed, we've gone in and buried them in their cloak because that's what would happen traditionally. Yeah. If there's mob out there that wanted to get involved and, and wanted to learn how to make possum skin cloaks again, yeah. what would they need to do? Do they just need to reach out to you? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, there's myself and my family and, yeah, there's a few different people around that make possum skin cloaks. Um, we'll be making another one oh, very shortly, I think by the end of... July at Footscray Arts Centre for another project that I'm involved with, which is um, Wrapped in Culture, where I took my family to Canada and we worked on a possum skin cloak and a buffalo skin robe. Oh, wow. Yeah. First Nations mob there. And we were there for three weeks making and creating these beautiful objects. And um, it's now a travelling exhibition. So... It's coming to Footscray Arts Centre very soon. Oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah. I'd love to hear about your glass eel traps as well. Oh, yes. Now, they sound like they would have been a pain to make. <laughs> oh, oh, no, it was a beautiful process to watch. Oh, yeah. Um, so basically I flew to Canberra with a sketch of an eel trap and a little piece of round plastic and asked if they could supersize this little circle to three metres like my sketch proportionally right and they made or they fabricated for me um, not one but two glass eel traps Wow, which are very very beautiful objects to look at and that was done for the old quad at Melbourne University initially and then um, after working with me on that project, they invited me to have a solo show there and I'm always involving my family so I asked my great nephew Mitch Marnie if he'd like to be part of the show too, so he he came up to Canberra with me and um, he made some possum pelts um, out of glass sort of slumped in in like a sand they're very beautiful things too. Has it been a challenge for you over the years to have your work exhibited and, and be in you know, places and you know, art galleries and exhibitions? Mm, no, I can't say that it has. I, I think I've been lucky enough to move to Melbourne in like 1988 and basically been working as an artist or a curator throughout that whole time, which I say, you know, I'm one of the lucky ones to be able to to work in an area that I'm so passionate about and share culture and knowledge, not only with my family, but the wider community too. And how important is it for, you know, Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander artists to be able to have a community of other artists that are connected in the art world to be able to you know, sell their work and, and display and exhibit their work and, and know that they're you know, not going to be taken advantage of. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm lucky enough to be represented by Vivian Anderson Gallery, who's been involved in, you know, 
the art industry for oh, over 30 years and she's also part of the Indigenous Art Code, which um, is an organisation set up to make sure that Indigenous artists are, are represented properly and, you know, are not being ripped off anywhere along the way. Um, and I think since being represented by Vivian, um, I think I've, I believe I've had more opportunities sort of come my way because when you're, you're an artist working by yourself, you know, working solo at home and you have to then become an administrator, a manager and an artist and a creative, like to do those other things um, takes you away from being creative. So it's great to have somebody like Viv that watches you back while you're, you're at home creating and making and thinking. Fair enough. And if anyone wants to come along and, and see Ancestral Memories, where do they yeah. need to go and, and when will it be available to see? Um, so it opened to the public on Friday and, um, yeah, it's open, I think, nine to, uh, 10 to 5 every day and people can just wander through. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. And is there anything in particular that you'd like people to keep in mind while they're looking at your work? Oh, I get asked that all the time. <laughs> it's a tough <laughs> and, one. I don't know. Just, yeah, just, you know, we're here, we're still here in the 21st century making art out of glass 3D printed um, jewelry pieces with 18 karat gold plated kangaroo teeth and, you know, <laughs> 50-metre river reed necklaces, but all of these objects are based on traditional practice. And I've just sort of brought things into the 21st century using new technologies and new materials. Beautiful. Well, thanks so much for chatting with me about your work, Marie. It was an honour. No worries. Good to talk. Good to talk. Thank you. That was Marie Clark and Ancestral Memories will be on display at the Ian Potter Centre, NGV Australia, until 3rd of October 2021. Entry is free. The Australian Museum is showcasing the cultures of First Nations peoples in a new series of talks, tours and workshops to accompany its groundbreaking First Nations-led exhibition, Unsettled. Running until October 10, this series aims to provide a deeper understanding of the exhibition, which reveals Australia's foundation story, including First Nations resilience and survival through historical documents, objects and artworks. Spanning tours, talks, films, workshops and weaving, the series also includes a session on Aboriginal meditation. I spoke with Flow Magic Dennis, who runs the meditations, to find out more. My name is Nimir, and otherwise known as Flow Magic Dennis, and I'm a Wiradjurian Wailwan woman from Central West and Northwest New South Wales. Oh, beautiful. Whereabouts are you from? So, um, descended from a woman called Biddy Sargent, who was from around Kabora and Dunedoo, and then uh, her daughter moved up to Brewarana area and married a Nyimba man from up Brewarana way. So, um, yeah, from um, Gungolgan and Brewarana um, mission there. But 
I never grew up on country. Yep. So, yeah, I grew up or kind of all over the place. My parents kind of moved a lot, <laughs> but um, I did high school at South Grafton High School and my mother used to run the Aboriginal Lands Council there at South Grafton. Oh, beautiful, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, no, my family's from a bit all over the place as well. That's We didn't grow up on country either and, yeah, a bit, bit, bit all over everywhere. So, oh, well, nice to meet you. Yeah. Thanks so much for chatting. Um, so I'd love for you to tell me about the workshop that you're holding at the Unsettled Exhibition. Sure. So we're holding two different types of workshops as part of the Unsettled Exhibition. One of the workshops we've been holding is called Wananga During Nya, which was held regularly for around two to three years prior to COVID. And it was the most successful public program ever held at the Australian Museum. Wow. I'm very proud to say since it, it was one of um, also one of the first uh, Indigenous programs that was ticketed. So it's uh, been very successful. It, it sold out and we evaluated the program as well throughout uh, the early years. And uh, we had extremely amazing uh, reviews from the people participating. Participants come from a range of backgrounds. We have Australians who are non-Aboriginal participating and they're largely coming because they want to support Aboriginal people, know and understand more about our culture and also know and understand how they can be a good ally. And then we also have Aboriginal people participating who um, sometimes are new to their Aboriginal ancestry or who, for whatever reason, haven't been able to access Aboriginal culture and they're coming along to see how they can connect with their culture and to connect with their identity and understand their heritage better. And then we've also had some international tourists prior to COVID uh, coming in and wanting to connect and understand Aboriginal Australia and our culture and history. So it's been going well then? It's been going really well. And since it started up again more recently in conjunction with the Unsettled Exhibition, we are having, again, um, packed out sessions in this weekend that we've just held. And Wananga Durinya, it means deep reflecting, listening, deep listening and meditating in our Wiradjuri language. And uh, we designed the program as an introduction to Aboriginal culture and spirituality and a way that people can learn how to better connect to country and better connect to themselves and their own understanding of their inner self. Because uh, in today's busy world, a lot of people don't get the opportunity to know and understand how to connect to their authentic selves and to country. So when you describe to people that you're doing a, an Aboriginal meditation workshop, how, how do you tell them that works? What, what is Aboriginal meditation exactly? Well, we've put that name on it because it's hard to describe what we do in the English language. Yep. You know, meditation is very popular in the world as a way for people to access self-understanding, self-awareness, learn to manage anxiety and uh, other emotional issues and um, clear the mind and help to bring in uh, new energy, new space for um, 
you know, to when their mind is relaxed and they don't have such a busy mind. So uh, our culture has always had forms of what you might call meditation within our culture. It's just that a lot of people don't realise it or didn't know. So the first time that I accessed Aboriginal cultural meditation um, sort of more formally, I guess, within my community was when my uncle was uh, teaching at an Aboriginal philosophy camp and as part of the cultural activities at that philosophy camp, he took us uh, into the bush up to a beautiful little creek in um, the the forest and uh, we were a mixed group of Aboriginal elders, Aboriginal community members and non-Aboriginal people and he sat us down and took us through a cultural meditation process Um, it was very special for me and very memorable. And since then, I've participated in more traditional or cultural, if you would like to say, because I don't really like the word traditional, but lots of our cultural activities that I've participated in since I was a young woman have also contained various practices that could be described as meditation which is, you know, often quiet time with our country, quiet time with ancestors and um, deep listening and deep connecting. And even when the elders don't necessarily describe it as meditation, uh, that is, it is a similar practice to what other cultures might call meditation. So we do have that word for it. It is described in the Ladra Dictionary as um, reflection and meditation and we have put together um, this work after many decades, many decades, sorry, of connecting with our culture and living as Aboriginal people in a cultural way. So my husband and I don't take it lightly. Um, we work together really well and we've both come from a background where we chose to spend a lot of time sitting down with cultural elders and listening and learning over many decades. And we feel that it's come to a time now where we have a responsibility to pass on some of the cultural learnings that we were lucky enough to have shared with us and that these cultural learnings are of benefit to the broader society, to our people, to our mob and also to the broader Australian society. So we're doing our best to honour those cultural practices and also to... Uh, share them in a way that allows them to be understood in a contemporary context too as uh, regarding to how we can include them in our everyday lives and uh, within the contemporary world in which we live. I can tell that it's important to you to be sharing this knowledge. What do you hope that people take away from it when they receive it? So we've had lots of people um, comment in their evaluations and reflections about their experiences and we have lots of people feeling a deep sense of peace and calm. We have lots of people that are feeling this sense of peace and calm and connectedness in a way that they've never been able to access such a deep sense of calm, peace and connectedness before. So we feel that, you know, this is 
a great gift to those people who've been able to access that through our cultural practices. And then we also have people that are able to process uh, feelings of grief and loss and people who've been able to access ancestors in their lineage and um, visualise and be with ancestors in their lineage and spend time with or connect with their ancestors in their lineage uh, who have passed on. That's also a very precious gift for those people. We've had people who've been inspired to uh, spend more time in the bush, inspired to uh, make changes in their lives, inspired to learn more about Aboriginal culture and inspired to join us on our journey towards justice for our people and our country. So the benefits are quite wide and varied depending person to person, but um, definitely the sessions are very impactful and we haven't had anybody feeling uncomfortable in the sessions. We haven't had anyone report back that they're feeling uncomfortable because we take cultural safety as a very high priority and also the integrity of the cultural practices that we share the integrity and authenticity and cultural safety is of paramount importance to us. So we people feel like when they're in the session, a uh, sense of belonging and a, a large sense of safety and feel very comfortable in that space to be their authentic selves and to really connect with um, the amount, the knowledge and wisdom that we're offering that has been offered to us through elders throughout our lifetimes and that we're now um, sharing on to others so that it hopefully can help other people in their lives as well. And if anyone wants to come along to a session, how do they do so? When are they on? Where do they book in? Sure. So the best way to book in is to go to the website uh, of the Australian Museum and look at the Unsettled Exhibition information where you'll find all the programs associated with the Unsettled Exhibition. And you'll find that Wananga Duranya is one of the programs and we also have another program that we're offering called Barawi Mambinya, which is meaning uh, coming into country the proper way or the right way. So we talk about coming into country through a deeper sense of welcome to country than what ordinary Australians are currently doing. So when we receive a welcome to country, we talk about what are the deeper responsibilities around that and what is the deeper meaning behind welcome to country? How can we follow the law of this land and the law of the um, traditional owners of country when we are welcomed? So we do this in, a, in an immersive cultural workshop. So it's not a lecture. All our activities are immersive activities where everyone is a participant in the activities. And uh, this second workshop is very illuminating and refreshing uh, to look at how we can move forward as an Australian nation in terms of going beyond just simply acknowledging whose land we're on, but what responsibilities do we have if we're to be welcome to country? So those two things, those two workshops, the 
Meditation One, Munanga Duranya, and also Come in a Country the Proper Way, Barawi Mambinya. Those two can be found on the Australian Museum website and booked there. Um, and if community members would like to attend um, MOB, if for any reason they cannot afford the tickets, we also have a number of community tickets available on the door for our MOB. So to access those, people just need to contact me through my business page. My business is called Milan Dian, M-I-L-A-N, and then D-H-I-I-Y-A-N. Milan Dian means one mob. So we keep a number of tickets reserved for Aboriginal community people to access and no one needs to know if you can't afford the ticket. Uh, we just simply have your name added to the door list and um, you'll receive entry like every other person. So... We also um, make sure that that air is available for our people too, so that the uh, workshops are accessible to all people, even if uh, you can't afford to pay, please don't let that um, stop you from contacting us to come along. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your time today, Fleur, and I'll see you at the museum. Sure. That'll be great. Look forward to it. (laughs) No worries. Meditations will run on the 11th and 12th of September. More information is on the Australian Museum website. And that's all for this episode. Mandanguru, thank you for joining me. If you enjoyed Take It Black, please leave us a rating and a review and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And until next time, don't forget to take it black. Always love, always will be, always love.